0: Previously on the Todd Kaufman Show. They got COVID. Oh, my God. We need to stay away from these people for good. I needed some semblance of normal and my same routine to keep me going. I'm like, I'm bobbing my head. I'm like, heck, yeah, dude, let's get after it. It is good to be back on the air with all of you who are listening, and I know it's been such a long time since I've done a podcast. Man, so much has been going on in my life. There's so much I want to get to, so much I want to talk about. We've got so many topics. It's probably going to take more than one podcast to do this, but I'm going to try to get it all in. I'm going to try to fit it all in. We'll see where we go. It is Tuesday. It is May 25th for 2021. Welcome to the Todd Kaufman Show. I am your host, Steve Harvey. No, I'm just kidding. I am your host, Todd Kaufman. Good to see you. Good to have you on board for the Todd Kaufman show. Man, it is so crazy that we are already into the end of May. And hasn't May absolutely sucked (laughs) as far as the weather goes? Man, here in DFW, it is it, it reminds me so much of growing up in San Diego. Because May was always something they called May Gray. Because it was overcast, it was drizzly, it was rainy, it was unseasonably cold. It was, and we're getting that right here in DFW. It has been great. It has been raining. It is, I mean, we're looking at two straight weeks of rain and thunderstorms. And and of course, not the serious stuff that we normally get. We've, we've got a couple of, uh, we had a couple of storms a couple of weeks back. uh, One in particular that got uh, uh, increasingly scary as it kind of made its way over our house. Uh, If you went outside, you look up in the clouds, you just see the rotation. I mean, there was no doubt about it. And it seems like after it crossed our neighborhood up here in Salina, um, that rotation, I guess, either dropped, uh, maybe started to form a tornado or actually did touch down. I didn't hear which way. Uh, over in the Prosper area, the eastern, uh, northeastern parts, I think, towards, um, I don't want to say light farms, but it was up in that area that I guess a tornado started to come towards the ground and touch down for a minute or two. Uh, so we have had a couple of scares. Uh, I think that one in particular but it's just been ugly as far as the weather goes. But how are you guys doing? If you're listening to me, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's anytime, how are you doing? Because now we're getting into a part of 2021 and we're actually getting back to normal. Can you believe we can actually see each other's smiles now? Isn't that such a great thing? And and I'm not going to get a whole lot. Actually, I'm not going to get into the mask thing at all or, or COVID except to say this. I have seen so many posts And I'm not going to throw out names because I'm not going to throw people under the bus. But I get that you don't like that places have masks. I get that you don't want to wear them. I get it. I respect that. I could go either way. If it's a business and they're asking me to do it, I'm going to do it. I don't have to go to that business. I made the decision to go there. So I need to respect the sticker that's in their front doorway or glass window or whatever that says a mask is required. Put it on. If you don't want to go somewhere else, it's pretty. It's pretty simple. But I've seen people take shots at at the school district that we're in for the vote that they did that they were going to keep kids wearing the mask. I get it. I understand that it's it's not. It's it's not a great situation that our kids are in. I I understand. I get it. I've got two of my own. But unless that you unless you've walked a mile in their shoes and understand the repercussions of a decision that they make. Whether they agree with you or not, whether the decision they made agreed with your side or not, taking a shot at them, calling them names, putting up billboards, this, that, and the other, it's just not the respectful thing to do. I think through this entire thing with masks and with COVID, the one thing that we have so missed in each other is grace. Whether you're on the mask side and wearing them saves lives and wearing them helps other people, not just yourself, or you were on the other end, you didn't want to wear them, you hated the idea of wearing it, you don't think they work, whatever your opinion was, the fact that we couldn't have grace for each other was absolutely the most amazing and and really saddening thing to this whole thing. And it was such an immature thing. Our kids watching us having these say, uh, you know, saying these things, whether it's in social media, whether it's actually out loud to our friends. You guys, our kids look to us as the example. Are we really giving that example to our kids to to act the way that we were acting? I think 2020 was such a year for immaturity for a lot of adults, and I don't think we handled it very well. And granted, I think maybe this was the first time that we've dealt, dealt with a pandemic, and how do we deal with that? And so maybe the not knowing how to deal with it, you were trying to deal with it that you, the best that you can. I get that. But if you're going to a business, this this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll actually move on to the topics I wanted to talk about. If you're going to a business and it says in their window that a mask is required, don't go in there and act like a jerk because you don't think they're right. It's their business. It's their decision, not yours. If you don't want to wear it, go somewhere else. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. What I did want to talk about the last six months, what my life has been like. Oh my God. It has been an absolutely crazy roller coaster ride of emotion. Uh, and I'll get to that in just a second. I am going to get a truck for the very first time in my life. I've been dreaming about this day since I was a kid. I will talk about that in dealing with a couple of different dealerships that I went, <laughs> really? Ugh. God, I hate dealing with dealerships, at least some of them. But there's actually one that I'm dealing with right now um, that I do highly recommend because they have been nothing short of tremendous. And. Um, patient and answering every question they can Uh, i'll get to that in a little bit the traffic around here actually has gotten better i will get to that there's still people complaining you need to stop i'll get to that as well there's also changes coming and what i mean by that is i have a first grader in the house not officially at least not yet but she has finished kindergarten what happened what happened she used to be a baby and now she's going into first grade my god what the hell happened and now my son's about to turn four this December. I just, you know, my daughter's six going on 12. Yeah, the, those of you who have six-year-old daughters, you know what I'm talking about. You're laughing right now because I just said that. Um, I will talk about that. She plays basketball. I love that. I will not coach her for any any stretch of the imagination. And I'll tell you why about that a little bit later. I know some of you disagree. That coaching our kids is, is one of the greatest blessings. That might be true if you have the patience for it. I, on the other hand, do not. All right. So the last six months, for those of you that have listened to the show long enough, you know that my mom passed away uh, December seventh of last year. Uh, it was a um, extreme roller coaster ride of which that I have not been on in my entire life. Not that I have not lost someone, but I have not lost someone as close as my mom and as um, traumatic uh, and, and certainly wasn't a car accident you know I certainly won't compare it to that but losing her to cancer and watching the battle that she went through and I'll never forget um, Thanksgiving weekend we had some friends over here um, that could not be with their family for Thanksgiving. so they were at a house they're at our house we had a great time. Um, you know, and traditionally I call my mom on Thanksgiving to say happy Thanksgiving. Uh, but you know, before that call was made, I sent her a text because we were missing some, some part of the recipe. I forget what it was. And so I texted my mom. It was just, it was not even thinking it was, you know, I hadn't heard from her. Didn't really think twice about it. Oops. As I kicked the trash can underneath my desk here. Um, but I texted my mom and said, Hey, do you have this? Do you have this part of the recipe? Because I can't for the life of me find it. The text I got back, um, a couple hours later, which was unusual for her was something that I wasn't expecting and something that sent both myself and, uh, my wife into a tailspin. And the response was that she was in the ER and, um, I knew it wasn't good. The next text that came was very similar, if not the same, than the text that I got when she was first diagnosed in early 2019. And that text was, um, "Can you talk?" or something like that. My mom never did that um, ever. She would say, "You know, can we Facetime?" which she wanted to see the kids, or um, she would just text to see how you know we texted back and forth quite a bit to see how, how each other was doing. And to talk to my mom later that night and find out that she had been told that they had done everything they could do and there was no more they could do. The cancer had spread throughout her body and it was just a matter of time before um, her journey was going to be over. And sure enough, uh, a week or two after that, it was. And so... You know, I I tell you that not to bring you down. I I tell you that not to uh, make this a woe is me kind of thing because it it really is not. Um, Do I miss my mom? Yeah, 100%. It it has been one of the hardest things that I've had to go through. But on top of losing my mom, having to deal with an estate is something I've never done. And it really has taught me a lesson um, that... Uh, You know, my mom was very organized when we got her computer here to our home in uh, the uh, north part of uh, DFW. And we started going through it after she passed. She was very organized every password. I mean, it was just it was one of those things where you look at and go, thank you, mom. I I could not have been more grateful that she was that organized. But the one thing that I was more grateful for is she had a... um, a trust and guys, I'm telling you right now, if I can give you a piece of advice, do that as quickly as you can, because if you have a will, it doesn't mean hill of beans. It doesn't mean a thing. It's a piece of paper. That's all it means. Go get that irrevocable trust. Go get that done with your family, because that is the one thing that will lock in whatever you have as far as assets. That way it doesn't become a fight. I don't want our kids going through that. You know, I don't want people coming to try to take things that, that, you know, they shouldn't. And it was one of the things that made it so much easier to deal with her estate that everything was spelled out. Um, but still going through, um, her condo to get that cleaned up and ready for sale. And you know, that first, the week that we were there at the end of January, I think it was, um, it was emotionally draining. Um, it was physically exhausting We were working 16, 17-hour days for five, six days straight. Um, But I will tell you, the flight to San Diego was um, surreal. It was extremely, extremely surreal. And I really didn't realize how surreal it was until, you know, if you've ever flown into San Diego and you sit on the left side of the plane, as you come in, there's downtown, there's San Diego Bay, and then you come in over the parking garage and then down into uh, the runway, And it wasn't until we saw downtown, my wife and I, and I, I, it didn't click to me until I saw my wife just tears streaming down her face. And I don't know why this didn't click. It just didn't. And I asked her what was wrong. And I, I, you know, I knew, you know, it was sad coming to San Diego because we we had to deal with, and I asked her what was wrong, um, you, why, you know, why she was crying now. And she turns to me and says, this is the first time we've ever flown to San Diego that your mom isn't here to pick us up. And at that moment, I mean, it, it that quickly, I realized that she was right. And the tears came fast and furious. I had to try to hold mine back as quickly as, you know, as much as I possibly could because I knew how upset she was. My mom was, you know, a, a tremendous friend to her, a mom beyond anything that I, I could ever describe to you. And it was just hard. It, that whole week was just hard. The second time we went out in February um, to finalize the estates, the sale of the condo, kind of close everything out was a little more relaxing. We didn't have the stress on us to to deal with, you know, what we had dealt with in January. We had a couple of final meetings that we had to do with uh, her attorney and, and her financial planner, and uh, you know, it was um, it was still emotional. It was still very raw. Uh, I will say to this day, I don't think I fully dealt with my mom's death. I don't know that it will ever be 100% real, even though her condo is sold. Um, you know, that chapter is gone. Um, there is no reason to go back to San Diego ever again if I really didn't have to. Um I still want to because that that is somewhere I consider as my hometown. I love san Diego um but i I you know there still have been times where I pick up my phone, and I think a lot of you have gone through this you know when when losing someone just doesn't feel real, you pick up your phone, and you mean to text them, and you go, Oh, yeah, that's right, I can't uh happened again on mother's day and, and you know there's gonna be those first, right. There's going to be those moments where you have first in your life that that person cannot be a part of. It's sad for a little bit, and then you kind of move on. You you remember it, and those those times start to get easier. Um, you know Mother's Day. You know our daughter is playing basketball. Her last game of the season, she made her very first basket, um, and you know I got choked up a little bit because my mom would have loved that. She would have just gone absolutely <laughs> bat-ass crazy uh, to see her granddaughter make a basket. And I'm sure she was in heaven, and I'm sure Jesus was covering his ears and going, not so loud, because my mom, God, my mom, <laughs> if you ever went to a sporting event with my mom, you regret that immediately. She was just loud and boisterous, but then again, so was her dad. Uh, my grandfather was very, very boisterous when he watched games. Um or state of the unions, but I <laughs> won't we'll get into that. Um, so, you know, with everything kind of closed out at this point, you know, there's times where you kind of go, you know, it's time to move on. But, uh, but I'll tell you, outside of the the trust that that I I would I couldn't I I can't recommend highly enough for people to get done, no matter what your age is. If you're single, if you're married, if you're you know you're getting a, in, older in age. I would I can't recommend that enough to go do that because I can't tell you how important that is and I didn't I, I never would have learned that lesson had it not been for this. And everything that was involved in it has just been absolutely nuts. But what it has also taught me is a a a new um appreciation for for work-life balance and I know a lot of us work for different companies and they they talk about work-life balance some of them meet them some of them don't. Um But, you know, my mom worked as a CPA for 25 years, something like that. Uh, She retired in late 2018, was hoping to travel. She had uh, trips planned for, um, I think, Europe somewhere, and then eastern Canada to the Montreal area that she was looking forward to. Already had tickets booked. Well, in early 2019, she was diagnosed, never got to do those trips. Um, Never got to do the things that I think she earned in retirement. And then she passed uh, December 7th of last year. The reason I say that I've learned so much about work-life balance is this. The job should never come before your family. There are things that I think we look at our work and and there's somebody that said, um, you know, we work for a better life. And to a certain extent, that's true. But it shouldn't be the most important thing. Life still can be lived without working. Um, We can make a better life with or without our jobs. I I think it, it really depends on your perspective. But learning from what my mom went through and knowing that, you know, I want to make memories with my family and I want to do things with my kids and I want to be there for events and I don't want to miss all the important things for them during the week or on the weekend I'm just not going to give that up. I'm just not. And that's one thing that I will negotiate till the end, regardless of, of where my career takes me, you know, years to come that will continue to be the most important thing to me is I want to have a life outside of my job. I don't want to work when I get home. I want to spend time with my kids. I want to spend time with my wife. That's incredibly important. So, you know, you learn a lot of these lessons when, when you lose someone and it's, It shouldn't go like that, but oftentimes it does. It puts things into perspective, right? But, you know, this has really put a lot of things in perspective, losing my mom. The the last thing, um, (laughs) just, it seems we took hit after hit after hit after hit uh, with all this, you know, losing my mom in, in early December, both my wife and I had COVID, uh, the week before Christmas and then through Christmas, uh, thank God that our kids never did get it, um. And then, you know, coming back from the first trip to San Diego in late January, um, I had injured my shoulder. I didn't find out until March that uh, I had a torn labrum in my left shoulder that needed surgery to repair it. And that surgery was done in April, late April. And I'm still going through the recovery of that. Um, It is uh, it has been a a frustrating six months for sure. Um, It's been tough, but, you know, I keep my head up. You know, I'm extremely positive. Everybody that knows me knows that, you know, I don't look at things with uh, as a glass half empty. I look at it as there are, you know, e- even though the, the glass is only half full, there's a potential to fill up that glass to the top again. And, you know, I know God has a plan for, for me, for my family. I, he's always taken care of us. There's no reason to to stop that trust in him now because you know, everything that we've gone through, he's been right there for us. And so, you know, whatever comes over the the years to come, you know, I think is going to be tremendous. I think there, there are great things to come for our family. And, uh, but it's just been, it's just been one crazy ride after another. Uh, On the other side of the break, I'm getting a truck. Thank God. It's about time, but we're going to talk about the, the bad parts of it. And for those of you that have trucks, help! We'll talk about that next. This is the Todd Kaufman Show on the Sutton Fields Radio Network. Welcome back to the Todd Kaufman Show. It is Tuesday, May 25th. Welcome aboard. A very gray, very rainy, very... I'm so done with the rain. (laughs) Sucks. Anyway, uh, I mentioned at the end of the first segment, actually I mentioned a couple times, probably in the beginning of the first and then uh, right at the end of the the segment there, that I'm getting a new truck. Yes, indeed, I am. My very first one, one one-on-one since I was a kid, been going back and forth as far as what I want. I probably settled on the Ram uh, not settled. I shouldn't say that. I was going to go with the GMC, but no matter how much money you spend, the inside does not change. And I was not down with that. So I, I thought I wanted a Toyota for the longest time, but uh, drove the Ram really liked it. And that seems to be the way I'm going to go. However, and I, and I know there's not a whole lot of people who like doing this and it's dealing with the dealerships. Now, for those of you that work in the car industry, I mean, no offense, but when I go to two different dealerships, and I know more than you do, that's a problem. When when we asked the, and it was actually, we went to two different dealerships. I'm not kidding about that. Um, the one dealership that I went to was actually the second one. He had no idea what the Ram boxes even were. Yeah, he wasn't kidding. The first dealership that we dealt with, I, I just, I have a real problem handing a win... To someone who doesn't know nearly as much as I do and when it comes to something that is this uh, important of a purchase to me, I do my research and probably over the top amount of research if you ask my wife. but I just if I know more than you do that's a problem. I do when I ask you a question, your answer is I don't know uh, okay, so how am I supposed to decide if you don't know? Or one of the questions that my wife asked, he didn't know, and I did. Why? Because I've done research. If you work at a car dealership, don't you think that you should spend most of your time, not outside of work, because we just talked about work-life balance, but shouldn't you, before you go out and deal with people about cars, shouldn't you know just about everything there is to know, that way you don't say a whole lot of I don't knows because that doesn't instill a lot of confidence in you. I just you pull up to a dealership and, and we dealt with a couple of, of well we dealt with a couple of others uh that we were we were there for maybe, I don't know, five minutes and turned around and left because they want your insurance, they want your driver's license, they want you to They want to get all your information. They want to spend 30 minutes with you before you ever go out on the lot. And I'm not down with that either. I just, why is it so different? And here's what I don't get. There are some who are at dealerships who people hate dealing with. When, if you work at a car dealership, don't you think that the most important thing about selling a car is the relationship with the people you're selling the car to? Shouldn't you care more about the commission check that you're about to get? and that would that would also take knowing more about the car than they do and actually selling yourself before the car. I'm not saying doing it like a prostitute. I'm saying selling yourself and selling the your or excuse me, their confidence in you, selling the people that you are dealing with on you and the trust in you, the belief in you because if they don't trust you and they don't believe in you, you get no commission check. So why are you putting the check before the people? It's just a question. I'm not taking a shot at all of them, just a few. I have yet to deal with one who I actually enjoyed until I spent Friday over at a dealership in McKinney. And thanks to a recommendation from someone, or someone in our neighborhood. And by the way, our neighborhood is absolutely, they, there is no neighborhood like it. I'm sorry. I don't care where you live. I don't care what state. I don't care what city. You do not have a neighborhood like ours. But I got a recommendation from someone here. He and I messaged back and forth. And he recommended me to this dealership and actually gave me a name of one of the guys who knew absolutely everything about the truck. And sure enough, he did because I spent two and a half to three hours with him, not only at the Ram dealership, but he drove me to the custom uh, shop that they deal with as far as lifts, custom interior, all that sort of stuff. And we spent another 30, 45 minutes there. Who does that? He is the first guy at a dealership I've ever dealt with that not only sold me on how much he knew about the truck and and how much knowledge he had about what I was looking for, but also spent the time to drive me over to this custom shop, sit with me with the guy that owned it, and also instill my confidence in them. You just don't find that. That's what I'm talking about. It's about the relationship as far as dealing with people. And I don't get why some of these dealers, and, and maybe it's they don't have a lot of people to to, uh, pick from when it comes to sales guys. Cause a lot of people just don't want to do the job because they're paid on commission only. I get it. And not only that, but there are a limited amount of vehicles that are available anywhere right now. We have to custom order the truck that we want because the trucks that are on the lot do not have the options that we're looking for, especially the ones that are most important to us. I have never seen anything like this. And I dealt with another guy who'd been in the industry for 20 years And in his text to me, he goes, I've been in this industry 20 years and I've never seen anything like this. And I know that there is a shortage of chips because of everything that happened in 2020 and all those chips going to all these people who ended up working from home because a lot of these businesses were shut down because of COVID and everybody had to work from home. But to still be in this situation in 2021, where now I'm looking at eight to 10 weeks before the truck is done, is just absolutely insane to me. But I am looking forward to it. So here's the help that I need from you Dodge, or excuse me, Ram. Yeah, don't call him Dodge. Here's what I need from you Ram owners. Or it could be truck owners too. One of the things that I'm trying to decide about is the lift that I want to do. Now, it has been suggested to me that I need to stick with a four-inch lift, which is all well and good. If that's what we go with, I'm fine with it. But every time I look and do research on the six inch lift, it's exactly the look that I would ever dreamed of as a kid. The problem that brings up is the clearance at most parking garages and most drive through places. It may be too high for those locations, and I certainly don't want a convertible truck. So, my question to you truck owners is what is your suggestion? Would you go with a four inch lift or would you not fear the six inch and say, bring it on? Now, I know that you probably have to measure the height of the truck from top to bottom and know what the clearance is on most places that you have to go where there's a parking garage or DFW airport to know which one works for you or me in that case. But I'm curious if you're getting a truck or you have a truck and you've done a lift before, what size lift did you do previously? Or which would you do, four inch or six inch, or should I really worry about either one and be okay with the four? Because doggone it, it's lifted, it's a truck. You're getting what you want. Stop complaining. Which I'm not doing. I'm just saying. But I'm elated to actually be able to go through this process and get the truck that I've I've always wanted, and I'm I'm absolutely ecstatic. I'm I'd, jumping around if I could. Pumping my fist like I just won the game in the bottom of the ninth. Which, by the way, my Padres are in first place. So there. Eat that, Dodgers fans. Yeah, I know it's early, but give me... It, I'm it, Look, the Padres haven't been in first place this far into the year, I don't know, since, I don't know, ever. So allow me a little bragging room, <laughs> if you please. The other thing that, that I... I'm curious about it and I'm not very good at this. My wife is much better because it seems like a design thing that I just don't, I don't have eyes for, but it's the wheels to put on there. Yes, there are some that you can absolutely look at and go, those are hideous. I don't want those. But as far as wheels, are there, are there a company that you swear by or a type of wheel that you swear by or even type of tire? I'll go that too. I, I, I from the research that I've done, uh, the Nitto Ridge grafters, I really, really like. They seem to be, I don't know if they're top of the line, but they seem to be a lot of the lifted trucks that the tires usually come on. And maybe that's the way I'll go. But as far as wheels, are there ones that you would uh, suggest over others? Oh, and here's another question. Is, uh, what's the lift the, the company that, um, Rough Country. Has anybody done a rough country lift that was just absolutely horrible? Because all the research I do about them, there's not a lot of good that people have to say. <laughs> As a matter of fact, one person actually says there's a reason it says rough in the name. Is it because it's one of those you get what you pay for and what you're paying for is not really good? I don't know. If you have suggestions on that, I'll take them. But those are the decisions I still have to make. I. I but again, the six-inch lift, I just look at it and go, man, that's exactly the look I'm going for. But we'll see how that goes. But I need the help. Tires, wheels, lift, anything. You got suggestions, I'll take them. On the other side of the break, oh my God, we have a first grader. Not official, but it may as well be. She's done with kindergarten. Here comes summer and here comes first grade. Oh, good Lord. When did this happen? We'll talk about that next. This is the Todd Kaufman Show on the Sutton Fields Radio Network. Welcome back to the Todd Kaufman Show. Final segment of the show for May 25th of 2021. and 21. Can you believe we already have a, I mean, we had such a crappy year last year with COVID, with 2020, and now we're already halfway or almost halfway through 2021. I, I swear, and it brings me to this. When the hell did I get a first grader in my house? It was just yesterday. She was going into, into pre-K and then kindergarten. And, and by... Maybe this is just a guy thing. Kindergarten graduations, that's seriously not a thing. And I it, I imagine it's probably for the moms and good for you. <laughs> you know, for you to cry or get pictures in a cap and gown. Ga- I just, I don't get it. it it's not, uh, I just don't understand. Uh, but it is what it is. She had a kindergarten graduation. And she's going to be in first grade. And i I mean, she's going to the big school. Uh there's a brand new school that's opening up in our school district, and that's where she's headed. Uh this is where it gets real, folks. So and, and there's certain things that that I remember going to school and being concerned about, and but I think as a parent, you're you're a lot more concerned about so many other different things between um her friends, the sports that she'll play her grades, because it goes from a circle and a gold star to A's and B's. Um you know, there, there's always that concern about, you know, is your child behind, you know, are they ready for first grade? Are they, are they where there should be? And there's certainly that concern for us because she shows, you know, a few signs of being behind, but you know, fortunately there are ways to, to catch her up. And I think she'll be ready for first grade, but it's just, it's just crazy to me. You know, like I said, the other day, she was in pre-K and all of a sudden, you know, I was looking back at pictures the other day, like a, a parent does when they're reminiscing and, you know what happened to my small little child but I just you know the the girl that she's becoming and to see how smart she is and you ever you ever get this and I know this was a uh, this is kind of a bill ingwell thing and this is where I got it but um, you know you get that look you ever got that look from a, a six-year-old where you you see that look coming towards you and you basically think boy child you better be looking at the dog <laughs> you, you better not be looking at me like that. Um, you know, you get those and you, and it has her challenges. She's getting a little more dramatic about things. And, um, you know, that's certainly not necessarily a girl thing because Lord knows that our three-year-old or our boy, Isaiah is certainly dramatic in his own right. Um, but just some of the things that she says, some of the things that she learns, um, You know, it goes from being able to spell things around, you know, like we used to spell ice cream. If we're going to surprise her and go get ice cream, we used to be able to spell ice cream. Well, we can't do that anymore because she goes, wait, we're going for ice cream. And you go, damn it. What the hell? You can't hide things anymore. But here's the, the, there is one thing that, that I'm really excited for. And this goes back to, uh, you know, I brought this up in the first segment with, everything that I've gone through with my mom, she's playing basketball just she finished her first season, probably, uh, it was probably about two, three weeks ago and made her first basket. Well, now we're going into season number two. I think it's coming up, uh, either this weekend or next, I forget which, and you watch her get better every single day. Um, she's, you know, and, and don't take this as it, as I'm, you know, that parent who brags on their child and who doesn't, you know, only notice She's the best dribbler on the team. Now, granted, she can't look up when she's dribbling. She's still looking down, but she's one of maybe two or three that doesn't carry the ball like a running back from one side of the court to the other. Uh, but she's she's learning. She's growing. She's getting faster. She's um, understanding the game a little bit more. And, and the reason that that is such a, a cool thing for me is that was a game or at least one of the sports that I grew up playing. I grew up playing basketball, baseball, as my right shoulder will attest to, and uh, football, played quarterback, uh, played, uh, you know, in baseball as a pitcher and catcher, and uh, basketball as a point guard. And, you know, I grew up, my very first VHS, and you millennials have no idea what a VHS is and probably will never know what what Blockbuster was or why they asked you to rewind a tape before returning it, but that's neither here nor there. The, the first VHS I got from my mom and the first person that I learned from in my game was Pistol Pete Maravich. Yes, I know a lot of you don't know that name, and it probably shouldn't be on my radar either. But my mom was old school, just like my grandfather, and that was the first tape that I got. I learned how to dribble, uh, you know, and I, I never got as good as he was on the train tracks. I could get there a little bit, but I could probably get five or six bounces before... I would hit the tracks the wrong way and it would take off on me. Um, But I also grew up watching guys like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, um, and trying to mirror my game a little bit after how they did it. Uh, You know, Pistol Pete was how to handle the ball and and dribble, and, you know, whether it was between the legs or behind the back or, um, you know, keeping my dribble directionally, you know, whatever the case may be. And magic was how to see somebody out of the corner of your eye, your peripheral vision. And when I was in high school or even in uh, uh, junior high into high school, the coaches that I played for would always tell people, you better have your hands up or he's going to break your nose with a pass because I could literally nail somebody in the head without looking at him because I can just see him out of the corner of my eye. And that was part of the game that I loved. That was, it, it was the, the oohs and the ahs And granted the NBA now and college basketball Now you get the oos and the ahs from the dunks And not necessarily the passes But when I was growing up it was If you could hit somebody without looking That got a lot of oohs and ahs And, and that was what I, I lived for um, You know I loved playing basketball growing up And I love that my daughter enjoys it um, I love that she's learning I love that she enjoys the game uh, She you know there were a game or two we missed because, you know, my wife wasn't feeling good. Something was going on in the next weekend. We had to be out of town and she just doesn't want to miss her game. She wants to be there. And I love that about her. And I think the exciting thing for me, as far as that goes, is not necessarily watching her get better, but watching the excitement in her eyes when she gets to be on the floor. Um, there have been, there were a couple weeks, back to back weeks that she was there that they only had five kids there. They normally had like eight or nine or 10 And, you know, she'd get to play, you know, two minutes here, two minutes there, three minutes there. Uh, But these two weeks, she got to play the entire game. Now, she was incredibly worn out. I mean, just winded um, both weeks because she had to play the entire game. And that was the first time she'd ever done that. But you still see that love of the game. You still see, even though she's incredibly tired, even though she um, is physically just out of gas, She loves the game. You know, if you told her that she had a game the next day, she would be raring to go. And I love that. I love seeing that fire in her eyes. And I really look forward to seeing it in our son as well. When he starts to play sports, he wants to play soccer. It was the first sport that Hannah got into. Uh, We gave her a choice between soccer and basketball, and she picked basketball. Take that, soccer fans. Um, and I love that cause my wife was a soccer player growing up and the fact that she picked basketball, I was pumping my fists. <laughs> I hate soccer <laughs> for those of you that can't tell, can't stand it, cannot stand the game. Um, when you flop, like you got shot by a sniper and then you get up and everything's fine. I'm sorry. I had no respect for you. Uh, granted the NBA has gotten that way. And it's a reason that I've stopped watching the NBA since probably the mid nineties, but, um, Sports is just one of those things. It was the connection that my mom and I had. Um, she was the uh, the basketball parent. My dad could give a crap, still could give a crap. Uh, couldn't care less about sports. Doesn't care, doesn't know, doesn't want to know. My mom was um, always at basketball games. We always went to Fresno State basketball games when I lived there and went to high school. Um I was always going to basketball camps during the summer. She had season tickets to San Diego state basketball. Um, She was a a rabid um, USC Trojan fan. And, you know, like I said, in the first segment, if you ever went to a, a athletic game, not Oakland A's, I'm saying if you ever went to a sporting event with my mom, you would regret it before the end of the first quarter, because she is, was loud and boisterous and, uh, would scream at the officials if it called for it. Uh, she would get mad at the players if it called for it. She was um, she was an avid fan, and that's where I got it. And, you know, I think after my mom was diagnosed, and I know I'm kind of getting away from the subject, but when my mom was diagnosed in 2019, I stopped watching sports, period. Um, I used to love watching college football in the fall. I loved watching baseball, and I kind of lost that because, um, you know, I, I really didn't have a chance to really talk to her about any sports because of what she was going through. And that was that really took away from my love of the game. Well, you know, I'm starting to get that back, starting to watch a lot more baseball when it's on, not just the Padres. I watched the Yankees and Rays, I think it was the other day. I forget who was playing. Um, Angels and Dodgers last week. I think, and I was watching that. Doesn't matter what baseball's on. I'm going to watch it. Um, excited that my Padres are in first place. Playing good baseball. Um, I'll probably try to watch some college basketball next year. I'll definitely get back into watch, watching college football. I hope my kids get into it, um, and we'll enjoy that. Um, but it's just it's fun being a sports parent with with my kids. It's fun rooting for them. It's fun watching them grow. It's fun watching him get better. Um, I liken it to, and I'll tell the story rather quickly, um, has nothing to do with my kids. It was somebody that, um, you know, I remember moving to Texas and somebody told me that there's nothing like watching a kid come out of high school or watch him all the way through high school, see him play in college, continue to get better, and then see him in the pros. And you get to say, hey, I saw that kid when he was at so-and-so high school. And I got that chance here. Uh, several years ago, watching a kid who was a freshman at the time, um, and I'm not going to mention his name because I don't. I'm not going to name drop. He's he's playing baseball at a a D1 school right now, uh, and doing rather well, I might say. Um, but seeing him on the sidelines and throwing the football, and I thought, man, this kid, he's he's got something. He's got that thing, right? He's got that thing. And the guy I was doing the radio broadcast with at the time turned to me during a break and said, if you think he's good at football, come and watch him play baseball. And I'm like, okay, he's probably just hyping him up a little bit. And sure enough, I I went to a baseball game to watch him play uh, first at bat, try to throw him inside, rips it uh, down the line uh, in right. He was a left-handed hitter, rips it to right, next at bat, um, I don't know what count it was. Tried to throw him outside. They were trying to just get him to swing at something bad. He was waiting, waiting, waiting. Got a fastball on the outside half. Rips into the left field the other way uh, for a single. Third at bat. Trying different things. I think it was the third or fourth pitch. Takes him deep. And I'm thinking, good Lord. Sing- you throw him inside, he singles to right. Throw him outside, singles to left. You throw him you know, low in the zone and he takes it out to I think it was out to center or maybe right center or whatever it was. And then the fourth at bat, I remember him coming up, and I'm thinking, you can't throw him inside. You can't throw him outside. You can't throw him low in the zone. Now what do you do? Well, they hit him <laughs> on the very first pitch. And I'm like, uh, okay, I respect that. <laughs> so you get frustrated with, like, just put him on. Don't don't let him swing the bat. Just put him on. It's fine. Uh, but it watching a kid like that come through high school and seeing him play and seeing him continue to get better – Every time, And I, I'm excited for his family. I, I know he's probably going to get drafted um, into the big leagues. I'm excited to see where that journey takes him. Uh, but it's just, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to happen with my kid. But um, the the or how I compare it is to see my daughter play basketball and get better every week, learn something new um, every time that she goes out and uh, it's just to see her continue to get better every week and to see her eyes light up when she gets the basketball in her hands and and gets to to play on Saturdays. And, you know, when my son goes out and plays soccer, eventually I hope that he has that same fire and um, enjoys it as much as we do. Um, You know, it's just, I think it's fun being a, being a sports parent. I really do. I think you don't necessarily have these grandiose dreams of playing in the big leagues, right? Uh, or the NFL or the NBA, whatever you know, whatever major league uh, sport you want to call it. But I think enjoying the game. I think the love of the game is always extremely important. I think going out there and loving playing every single time you go out there, loving that you've done something good every time you've gone out there, you've gotten better somehow every single time you go out there. You've learned something new every time you go out there. That is that is. There's just something about that. As a parent, you watch that in your kids. And you see that that practice, that work is starting to pay off. Um, And speaking of which, and this is a a great story to end on. Yesterday, pouring down rain outside, um, I happened to go outside to uh, grab something off the porch, one of the small Amazon bags that seems to be at our our house every day. Um, I just, I don't, Amazon is just a sickness for some of you. Um, But I hear a basketball bounce, again, pouring down rain. And I hear a basketball bouncing. I'm like, what in the world? And I look to my right and there's a young man, maybe 11 or 12. And he's working on his game, pouring down rain. And I'm thinking that's dedication. Rain or shine, no matter if it's raining, he's, he's got to be soaking wet. That ball has got to be soaking wet. Yet he's still out there. That's the love of the game. That's what I hope that my kids to have that love of the game. Not necessarily going out when it's pouring down rain, because sometimes that isn't exactly good for your health, but just that dedication to your craft to get better every single day and do whatever you can to get better. And I think that's what excites me the most. You just see those little things that they get better at. And, uh, to see those little improvements, I think is is such an incredible thing to watch as they grow. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Hope that there's things that you can uh, relate to. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can do that on uh, email, kaufman at att.net, T-O-D-D-M-K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N at net. You're welcome to do that. Email me if you uh, if something hit a note with you or if you've gone through some of the things that I've gone through with my mom, uh, if you've gone through the same kind of battle and same kind of stuff, um, you're, you're welcome to reach out or really reach out about anything. If you just enjoy the show, I'd appreciate that too. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday afternoon, a great rest of your week. Not sure when we'll be back. It might be tomorrow. It might be next week, but we will be back. I promise. For myself, Todd Kaufman, have a great afternoon, have a great week, and we will catch you on the flip side. So long, everybody.